late if, well some of you would come late if the queen was here I know you would but why because it's a habit of yours you think well if the meeting starts at six I don't have to be there till ten past no 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 try that at work and see how much money you lose yeah you're not on flexi time this is God time G time yeah God and me time GMT okay um Tonight, what I'm trying to announce, uh, oh, Tuesday, the girls, MPOGs, Meeting Places of God, this Tuesday, ooh, I tell you girls, you're going to, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you what, what are you going to do, okay, all right, how you doing, oh. <laughs> tears at the back there, now we're going to look at, you know, this morning, interestingly, as Pat was talking about the testimony, you know, in the timeline, your timeline begins when you have a testimony of God, that's when you become conscious of it. The timeline's working in the background all the time, but it's when you become conscious of God. And we're going to show you what a testimony should look like. Your testimony will never be the same after you've listened how your testimony must be compiled. There's eight core components to your testimony. Yes? So we'll look at those. And uh, before we take you further into MPOGs, if someone says, what was MPOG? Meeting Places of God. This is our course we're running for the women. And uh, have I forgot anything else, Claire? Oh, Lisa. Where are you, Lisa? Oh, there's you. I'm looking for a scanning. Um, hopefully, those of you that bring children have had your letters and emails. But if not, we've, I hate this word. We're not having a holiday club, but it's the best I can explain it to you. Um, in the meeting places of God, and I know the men, we've all been being encouraged to build stronger relationships. And this has to start with the kids. We have to make it easier for them. But they can't do it on their own. So if you want your kids to grow up and to have these relationships and to make it easy, and it gives them the chance to share with each other, please do come. We're having it on a Wednesday in the holidays, 10 till 2. There's going to be all sorts, but you are staying. That's why it's not holiday club, because it's also about parents building relationships and when we're struggling, we always want advice from people. You need to make sure you're getting your advice from the right people, the people who can help, which is here. So please do come. And if you're able to come, it would be good if you could let me know because we've got loads of crafts and activities that would be good to have some sort of rough ideas for numbers as well. Thank you. Nice one, Lise. Just, uh, I've got two announcements. Baptism, that's what I knew I had to remember. We are going to be running baptisms. If you've not been baptized and would like to be baptized, baptized means in water, full immersion, where we get you by the throat. No, not by the throat, but as we allow you back up with the water. The Bible says that repent and be baptized. Years and years ago, some, you know, the way the church normally does it, not our church, but the way churches do it is you repent and then they send you through a three-year course on how to be baptized. We can do it in two seconds here. The technology we've got now is three years down to two minutes or two seconds. That's great technology. Why? Because it says repent and be baptized in the same act. So if you'd like to be baptized, if you would like to be baptized and haven't been baptized, I would like you to see Andy Duffield. Andy, stand up. Oh, you are stood up. <laughs> I've been waiting for that for a long time. Hey, the two of you don't make one of me. <laughs> no, please, please, see. <laughs> oh, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> you know, God just sets them up, doesn't he? Eh? Um, seriously, 
if you would like to be baptized, please see Andy afterwards, immediately after this. And then Andy's going to compile certain uh, information and then we'll take it from there. But we want, we want you to be baptized. We want to open up the pool. We promise we'll bring you back up. It's always a good thing. So you can have the death and then we'll let you experience the resurrection. Amen. Also, those who have attentively spoken to me about SOP this year, we will need to have another conversation because we'll take it from this point on. If you've not been to the School of the Prophets and would like to go to the School of Prophets, you think, what is the School of the Prophets? Then you need to talk with me because we're going to be booking our flights SAP. Not SOP, SAP. Amen? So if you've not been to the School of Prophets and would like to go to the School of Prophets in Malaysia, thinking, what's it all about? Well, come and talk to us. But guys, get ready because we'll, we'll be making our booking very, very shortly. And with that, youth, go to my left. Church, children's church, go to my right. This is the papal blessing. Crash upstairs, you've got to stay here. Yes, yeah, you better count down. Hey, when they all go, when they all go, disappear. Where's Emma? Oh, Paul. Which, which one's staying? For? Oh, you're, okay. If you've got your Bibles, go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Way, Holy Ghost. And with a loud cry. 2 Kings chapter 6, picking up at verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He, that's a good place to say amen right there. Those who are with us are far greater than those who are with them. So you've got to distinguish how those who are the them and those who are us? Yes. <clears throat> and Elijah prayed. Thank God there's a man of God in this situation who knows how to pray. And he says, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and the chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, suck it to him, Lord. No, he didn't pray that. He said, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Can you imagine? Can you imagine all God has to do if an, an evading army is coming against our nation is to strike them with blindness? Can you imagine? It doesn't matter what technologies you've got. If you can strike the enemy blind, wow, what a powerful, powerful thing. And here we see that the servant, just the just, you know, the servant of Elijah was scared. It's okay to be scared. I said, it's okay to be scared. You know, yesterday when we were 3-1 down, I was scared. <laughs> Prayer didn't help me. And I said, Lord, strike him with blindness. He said, I already did. That's why the 3-1 down. 
But no, serious. The heavens, there was something of the heavens that had not been revealed to this man. And yet, for Elisha, no problem. He was walking in the spirit. He knew, he already knew that those who was with him was greater than those who was with them. Them meaning the, the invading forces. And you've got to know and I've got to know that the one who is with us is greater than the one who is in them. You've also got to know, you've got to have one eye in the spirit to know what God is doing. And any one time, all you have to do is send that prayer up when you're walking intimately with the Holy Ghost. You know you've already got one eye on the situation. So we don't have to be scared. The heavens are open over this place. So there's no problem about being in the spirit. The only problem of being in the spirit is you actually getting in the spirit. It's not that, it's not that the access has been closed. It's not that the door's closed to us. The heavens are open. And here's a clear indication of one of the servant doesn't know the heavens are open and one does. And it's the same in this house. There are those who are still working it out, processing it. I wonder if what they're saying is true. But yet there are those who are tasted and tasting, have seen the other side and saying, hey, come on guys, it's open, we can go all the way. And some are saying, well, I'm not quite sure. Well, you're not quite sure. Well, you're not quite sure. Those who are sure are going ahead of you. Yes? And here he is. He's having a wonderful vision. Elijah, Elisha can see what, you know, who it is who's over his life, who it is who's over Israel, who it is who's over the house of Israel, but his servant doesn't see. You know, it's possible to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and listening and listening and listening, but still never see. It's possible. You know, people sit in religious institutions for 20, 30, 40 years of their life and still never see. And then one minute in a different place where the heavens are open, bang, they're in. And 40 years, they say, Lord, I can't believe I wasted 40 years of my life. And God said, that's the mercy of God. I've opened the heavens for you to see. Now, what happens when you've actually come out of that institution and you're in a place where the heavens are open, but you still don't see? Why? It's all about your heart. It's not where you're sitting. It's about your heart and how your mind is configured. If you're always in doubt mode and, well, it's not for me. I'm not quite sure of all these things. You've got to conclude somewhere in your life that this thing is real. If, you're, if, you, can be it's just that if you can negotiate this truth every day of your life with the enemy, you'll never, never nail this thing down. You have to nail some things down in your life that I won't be moved. This is real. And even if I don't see it, feel it, it's still real. It's changed my life. You can't be looking on Sunday, can I have another touch and see if it's feeling it? Well, it's real today, but it's not real tomorrow. That's not it. Elijah knew. So Elijah knew. So he says, Lord, open up my servant's eyes. You know, that's my prayer for us this morning. Lord, open up your servant's eyes. Let them, let them see this morning, Lord. Let them see tonight. Let them see in their work. Let them see in their family. Let them see in their finances. Whatever the situation is, Lord, let them see you. Let them see your spirit. Let them see the heavens are pulsating. Let them see the Father is saying, go on, son, go for it. If you'll go for it, all heaven will back you. And if, you know, if, if that, I believe that's what the Holy Ghost does. He intercedes for us. And as he intercedes, he's saying, go on, son. Go on, the wind's behind you. Go. If you move, we'll blow in your direction. We'll, you'll see a, mirac a miracle. 
if, you, if you're willing to take this word serious. And here's the, the servant struggling to see. He's with the man of God, but he, doesn't, he hasn't got what the man of God's got. Does that make sense? That's why charismania, charismania is dangerous. Why? Because the people never seem to have what the pastor's got. It's not good when the people never carry what he's got. It's not good. Why? Because he knows they don't carry what he's got, so it always makes him special. And, we, and there's no difference between charismania and religious institution. Religious institution can't take communion. Why? Because he says they can't have it. So the people still need him. And in charismania, if he doesn't show them the way how people can touch God for themselves, they'll always need him. So he's the one who's, he's the one trick pony. He can travel all around the world because the people need him. No, no, no. This move is about you carrying the move of God. Amen? We don't, we don't uh, diminish the man, but what we're saying is the man better, better trade the technologies, or I should say, transfer the technologies onto the people so that every one of us become a witness. Every one of us carry the move of God. It's not about him, whoever him is. Yes? So go to 2 Corinthians, if you will, please. <clears throat> chapter 3. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3. Verse 12. Therefore, whenever you read it, therefore, you need to know why it's therefore. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were dull. For to this day, the same veil, listen to this. For to this day, for to this day, that means today, the same veil remains. When the old covenant is read, it has not been removed. Because only in Christ... Is it taken away? Yes? So when you see him stood up the wailing wall, when the, stills, when the Jews are still reading it in the synagogue, it's still veiled. They still don't understand. Yes? Christ is taken away. To the, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. That's why Paul prays in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened. Because in your heart is, is eyes. Yes? And then he says, but, what, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty, whichever translation you have. So here we see, let's not just confine this to Moses' time. Let's confine it, to, let's, let's open it up and share it. Wherever there is a religious system, Wherever there is religion, it doesn't have to be Moses. Wherever people just use the Bible as the law. Notice it says where the spirit is. The emphasis is where the spirit is, not just where the word's being read or preached. It's where the spirit is. Why? Because if the spirit is not in the place where the word is read, there is no freedom. And it's law. And it binds people up and it, and it kind of just suppresses and depresses and confuses and this is why you must have the spirit with the word and Moses' time did Moses enjoy the spirit yes Moses was the man of the spirit 
Joshua was a man of the Spirit. Elijah was a man of the Spirit. Elisha was a man of the Spirit. All the prophets were men of the Spirit. But the Spirit would come on them and then leave them. But in the New Testament, we have the Spirit inside us. But for years and years and years and years and years, I've been in churches, part of churches, where the Word was preached every week. And I thought, well, we've got the Word. They do, all those flaky charismatics over there, they've got the Spirit, but they're just kind of stupid. We've got the Word. And you know, hold that Bible and you put it across your heart, don't you? We've got the Word. And all of a sudden, the Lord used to say to me, but you don't have the Spirit. All you've got is license. All you've got is law. All you've got is your rules, your regulations, your traditions, your incense, your nonsense, your bells, your smells. All that kind of thing. He said, Tony, it doesn't impress me. Because where the spirit is, I bring life and I bring liberty. And this is why in a church, you must have the spirit in equal measure to the word. You see, there's an old saying that says, if you have all word, you dry up. If you have spirit with no word, right, you just kind of blow up. But if you have the spirit and the word together, you grow up. And so many people will fight for the word, but they will not fight for the liberty of the spirit. Right now across our nation, in fact, right across the nations of the world, people will be preaching this word and they'll feel justified because they preached it. They will feel sanctimonious because they preached the word. But the Holy Ghost is saying, but I wasn't there this morning. You would not let me in. I wanted to pause on the first line and I wanted to say something different. But no, you were so fixed with your message that you thought you were the only important voice this morning. Where the Holy Ghost in the place, you get to get up to preach and the Holy Ghost says, shut up Tony, I've heard your message, it wasn't that good. Let me say something to the people and you have to be free enough to say, okay Holy Ghost, you speak to the people. And when God says, that's why he says, I'm the leader, you're the follower. See, that's not, that's not rocket science. Understand that? Me, God, you not. Okay. It's a big revelation for some of us. So when the Spirit of God is in the place, the veil is taken off. When Jesus told about the veil being torn in, in two, they all thought he was off his rocker. He was off his head. He'd gone stupid. How can the, how can the temple be destroyed and rebuilt? How can the veil be torn in two when no one could go in there? They were still locked into the old. But here now, through the blood of Jesus, we can go all the way into his presence. But you see, for religion, it just cannot handle that. Why? Because it makes some people redundant. It makes people redundant. And it's amazing, whenever you bring change, people say, does that mean I'm not needed? No, it just means you need repositioning. Realigning. So the first thing they do is, they won't let the people come for communion. And you can't have communion at home, because the bishop or whoever it is, the minister's got to be in your home. To have communion. Now, how, how impractical is that? Okay, of course it is. But you see, where there is freedom and men move under the Holy Ghost, they'll bring the whole company of people over, across. Amen? So everyone can cross over rather than a company being on the other side of the Jordan. But I've got the bread, but you need me. So swim. Can you imagine how men get in the way? Of the Holy Ghost. So the Corinthian believers, you know, Paul was trying to say to him, look, guys, what you've entered into is not what all those around us have yet entered into. And you see, 
There's a company of people that God starts with. There's always a church that God starts with. There's always a group of people whose hearts are open to the move of the Spirit. God will move. And this is why, to some degree, when you have your testimony, listen to me and please listen to me. Don't go and tell your church friends. They're the worst bunch of Pharisees to talk to. Go and tell the unsaved. You go and tell another Christian who's in another church, ah, well, in our church, we don't do things like that. And straight away, you'll get into a debate and an argument. It's amazing when, when God starts moving, we all want to advertise it to other churches. Forget other churches. We're not trying to convince them. The move of God is for the city. It's for our community. Don't worry about sending advertisements out to church. Guess why? Because we ain't sending them. Pastor Peter was very clear. Don't advertise the move. Just be the move. And that's what we, that's what we intend to be. The veil is being removed from us, church. It's being removed from us. So we can go all the way. The heavens are open. The veil is torn. We can go all the way. But you say, well, I'm in Christ. I'm already there. Well, you are as a believer. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ. You understand that? But in the move of God, there are other veils that pollute us and, and drop over our eyes. A veil, say for instance, some believe in the move of the Spirit, some don't believe in the move of the Spirit. Some believe in falling down, some don't. Some believe in prophecy, many don't. So, what, so there's many veils over our, our, over our eyes. <clears throat> True? We're all in Christ, but there's different portions. Some just want the icing, some just want the cherry, some want the cake and the icing and the cherry. I'm one of those who want the lot. Yeah? I know what it's like to be in churches where only want the cake and don't want the icing or the cherry or vice versa. But I'm telling you now, I've not been in this thing all this time just to taste one bit. I want the whole lot. And I know you do. I can see you. You want your portion. You want your portion to increase. I'm not a greedy lot. I'm not a greedy rat. I just like a lot. Yeah? I'm not greedy. I just like a lot. Is there a second portion? Absolutely. Is there a third portion? Absolutely. Just go all the way. You've got your portion. Don't eat it all at once. Just keep asking for more. Amen? Spiritual blindness is the result of most religious systems. They just cannot see what God is doing or why God would do it. So they'll go in chamber and they'll debate and they expect you to hang around while they've debated and they'll come out and tell you, yes, this is God, it's not God. No, I've got the same Holy Ghost I've got the authority of heaven just like you have. I've got the ear of heaven just like you have. Holy Ghost says, it's me. Let's go. Don't wait for these clowns. These guys will be in, what do they call it, conclave? Is that what they call it? And then you see the smoke coming. We've elected a new pope. The Holy Ghost said, that's not a new pope. I'm burning them. <laughs> and in Luke 4, 18, it said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me. To preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. Now who is on him? The Spirit. The Spirit is on Jesus Christ at this point. So we see the Spirit of the Lord is on a person. When Jesus said it's on me, it means it's in him. Not like the Old Testament now, it's on him, it's in him. So we see... First of all, the Spirit of God needs a person. He's looking for people in here this morning who he can fill, 
who we can use, who will carry the move of God to wherever the move of God is going. Amen? The Spirit of God is looking for a man. When I say man, it means ladies, you're one man. You're the same thing, yeah? He's looking for the bride of Christ. So the Spirit of God is, is on a person. He's looking for a person. Can he find a person this morning? Will you be that man? Second thing is, he has anointed me. Here's the reason why the Spirit's on you. It's not so you can all go, ooh, I felt wonderful this morning. Did you feel that better? <laughs> Did you feel that? You know, it's not about feel, you and Betty feeling really good. It's about, there's a purpose of why the Holy Ghost is poured out upon us. You know, benefit and purpose are two different things. This is where the church goes wrong. Benefit-driven people, our nation's driven by benefits. What we're looking for is a leadership that will drive us with purpose. There is a purpose for our nation. There's a purpose for every nation under the heaven. And every now and then the leader discovers what the, what the purpose is. But you know, since World War II, we kind of lost our purpose. And this is why the church must bring the nation back to what the purpose of God is for Great Britain, for the United Kingdom, for England, for Scotland, for Ireland, for Wales. Amen? Yeah, there's a purpose for Wales. I know it's amazing, isn't it? But God loves Wales, I know. But there is a purpose for our nation. And God wants to speak it out and he needs a man who will carry it. He needs a woman who will carry it. Every time you go into your work, every time you go into your family, into the street, you are God's purpose made manifest. Amen? So he says, the, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach. So it's anointed you to open your mouth. People might say you open your mouth too much. You can never open your mouth too much. But make sure it's filled when you open your mouth, it's with the Spirit of God. Why? He has anointed me to preach. There is a divine purpose for the Spirit of God being present. Many charismatics just want in presence so they can feel nice. That's a benefit. There's nothing wrong with that benefit, but the purpose is to preach Christ, make him known. Amen? Make the Christ known. Make the Christ known. Well, how do we do that, Pastor? Open your mouth. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities. They're out there. It's amazing. How many opportunities are out there? When I go to the gym, Phil and I, we're just, we're just sat talking the other night. And there's this young girl in there. And she says, can I, excuse me, she says. I think she was looking at the good looking one, I think, when she said that. She, said, she, uh, she had a squint in her eye, yeah. She said, excuse me. This is what she said, listen. She said, excuse me. What do you two do? She said, I've never heard anybody talk like you two. Holy Ghost. War horse. I said, turn away, Phil. She's talking to me. <laughs> she says, I've never heard anybody talk like you two. I said, it's amazing how someone can have a conversation and no expletives used. Right? Well, not from me. Many from him, but not from me. But it's amazing how, how many people are in that sauna and in that gym and actually picked out a conversation. A couple of weeks before, I'm in, the, I'm in the sauna. It's always in the sauna. It's a great place to evangelize. Guy says to me, hey, no, it's not naked sauna this, you know. We know we all, I haven't got a pole in neck on neither, but we're in the sauna. And this guy says to me, he says, I've never heard someone talk like you. What is it you do for a living? So then straight away, I'm in. It's natural. It's so easy. Then the, and then there's Muslims there. There's all kinds of people there. And then you're in. And it's like, it can't get any hotter than it is in here right now. It's fantastic. It's a great, great opportunity. You don't have 
to ask the Holy Spirit, where are they? He says, they're right in front of you. He says, but the Word and the Spirit, noticing this, in the Spirit of the Lord is on me, the Spirit and the Word are moving together. Yes, Jesus was the Word. The Spirit is on the Word. It's, it's bringing the Word to life. It's not law. And the Spirit must be on your Word. It's no use you having all this information. Information without the Spirit is just boring. You must have life. That's what that lady picked up. Life in your conversation. Why are you two speaking different? I didn't say, if you turn the lights off, we glow in the dark. She just noticed there was a frequency that was different. People say, well, people don't want to hear what you have to say. I beg to differ. It's not true. Open your mouth. Let this light shine. Amen? Through this proclamation, prisoners, prisoners, those who were held captive, uh, instantly began to be set free. Why? Because you open your mouth. The spirit and the word are moving together inside your life. And instantly, the ears of people, the prisoners know a different sound. Prisoners know a different sound. Don't you be worrying about how it's working. Just know it is. We were just having a general conversation and she was there listening to every word. I think that's great. And then the next thing, the poor here. And they're able to rise to a new position in life. Who are the poor? It's not necessarily those who don't have any food. It's those who are poor in spirit. It can be the physical poor. You hear the word poor and instantly you reduce it to those who have nothing. But guess what? The poor still don't have the spirit of God. The poor are brought to a new position. See, people don't need a, people don't need a hand out. They need a hand up. People are looking, tell me how to change from where I am to where I need to go. Put some purpose in my life. And that's all you're doing is putting purpose into people's life. Oh, it's fantastic when you open your mouth. You may have been told to keep your mouth shut. I'm, I'm giving you permission in God this morning to fully open your mouth. It's a legal thing. Amen? And then listen what happens. The sight is restored. Jesus came to restore, restore the sight of the blind. Amen? Sight is being restored. What a fantastic thing. To receive, to, uh, it says, uh, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners of recovery of sight for the blind. The same thing Elisha's servant couldn't see has now come unto these people. This is the ministry of Christ that you and I have. To restore the sight of people. When you see, you have fresh hope. There's hope, amen? And then the last one, to, fr to free those who are emotionally, physically, psychologically oppressed. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to see those who have been emotionally, psychologically, physically oppressed just instantly when truth comes into them, freedom hits the spirit, instantly they're set free. That is possible. This is what's going to happen in this house. And your own eyes are going to see it. Your own ears are going to hear it. Why? Because your own voice is going to speak it. Oh, I tell you. Fantastic. You know, this testimony is rising up on many, many people. I'm going to ask Em now to come and share her, her testimony of how this life is beginning to affect her. Amen? This purpose is taking hold of her. What are you, kid? Come on, run to the battlefield. Thank you. Good morning. Um, 
just, the Holy Spirit has done so much in me over the last few weeks. Uh, I could talk, honestly, for ages and ages. Um, but I've kind of honed in on one thing specifically for today. Um, I feel generally like I've been rapidly accelerated and launched in the spirit. Um, I feel like an arrow that's been fired from a bow. That, that's, you know, to put kind of a, an image to it. The, um, the Holy Spirit through the week that Pastor Pete and Cameron were here and since, um, the Holy Spirit has confirmed and affirmed things to me. Things that were on the inside, things that were, were built on the inside that I knew were there, but I didn't know how to let them out. I didn't know um, how, to, how for them to be manifest, as it were, from the inside to the outside. Um, and, but they needed, you know, they needed to be brought forth in speech, they needed to be brought forth in action. But the affirmation and the confirmation of the word that was um, spoken over me, um, just the power of the Holy Spirit coming, um, it was the green light for them to be released um, and for, for it just to come online. Um, the confirmation brought to me a confidence, <laughs> yay, <laughs> a confidence of who I am in God, my purpose, what God wants me to do, what God needs me to do, where I am going, clarity in my direction, the future. Uh, previously, um, the enemy was very good at shutting me down um, in terms of it coming from inside the word um, to outside through self-doubt, uh, doubting my ability, my ability to speak, my ability to to do things. I knew I was strong on the inside. I knew I was, but it was how to get that out. I was very hesitant. I was very fearful to an extent, and I would hide behind Paul. I know that was spoken over me. <laughs> I would hide behind him. I would stand behind him. I'm like, oh, it's all right, Paul. You do it. You can speak better than me. You know, you can do these things. You're much more confident. You do it. You do it. You do it. And, and I would often say to God, God, I know it's there, but I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I can't do it yet. I can't do it yet. The Holy Spirit has just released me from those things. It's just, I feel fill, filled with strength. I feel filled with confidence. I feel filled with courage, with boldness. I'm not afraid. I feel totally equipped, if that's how I can kind of phrase it. I do, I feel totally equipped. I'm so confident in who I am, in what I'm doing, in where I'm going. And I feel like an eagle that is soaring in the spirit um and you know god gave me a picture of that um and he, he took me to that that scripture in isaiah 40 where it says those who hope in the lord will renew their strength um, they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint um and i'm so excited I, i'm just I'm running at things with a confidence. I feel I've just got this roar of victory inside me. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm running at things with a whole different perspective. I'm not afraid to let out the things that are in. I feel like the doors have been flung open. And it's just that confidence is, is bubbling inside me. The Holy Spirit, you know, I can feel the power of the Holy Spirit just uh, working in me. And it's fantastic. And I want to encourage you. It's, it's just wonderful. It really is. I can't put words to some of it. There's so much that's going on. But um, I said to our young people last week, you know, you've heard a lot of Paul's voice. He does speak a lot, but get ready to hear a lot of mine. <laughs> that's 
great. Isn't that great? Confidence, boldness, assertiveness, all those things were coming. This, is a, this was a girl who, who appeared timid. And the Holy Ghost, bang. Those things that sometimes we feel things, we sense things, we hear things, but we don't know it's the Holy Spirit until someone comes and speaks them in our vicinity. And you say, that's what, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Oh, I didn't know. And now because you've heard somebody else say it, you think that must be God. And that's the goodness of God that allows that to happen because he knows you're still trying to configure your internal system so that you can receive what he's saying. Every day you're hearing God, you just don't always realize you're hearing God. So Emma in her life had heard God, she knows how to hear God, but there's things sometimes that when God's trying to bring you to a new position, you don't believe it. You don't think you're worthy. And then all of a sudden God comes, uses another man and his wife to confirm things and all of a sudden it's like yes it's my time and now all of a sudden that's a lady on the edge that's a lady on the edge why because I really believe that God is bringing this move into our lives for such a time as this because the work of the dream center my friends we've not even yet began to touch it and God is working with his house. Don't resist the Holy Ghost. Keep going for the Holy Ghost. Tonight, abandon yourself in the Holy Ghost. Tonight, we're going to knock the snot out of the heavenlies. Amen? Go for it. Why? Don't abandon yourself. The Bible says in Acts uh, seven fifty one, he says, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers who always resisted the Holy Ghost. So there was generations who had resisted the move of the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again to you. It's such a powerful verse. Acts 7, 51. You stiff-necked people. I mean, if you're going to cause offense in someone, that's, a, that's the kind of thing to say, isn't it? You know, you're a bunch of dead legs. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. Well, gee, Jesus, that was a great thing to have, to have encouraged us with. Or Paul, I should say. You are just like your fathers. So now he's, he's tied the generations. He's tied the pattern together. So when he's like, you know, you could have a go at me, but leave me dad alone. Leave me mother alone. Don't speak like that of my mom. God rest her soul. She's not here to defend herself. And you'll fight and fight and fight over things. But here he is. He's seen the lineage. He's seen how your generation. And when Jesus says that, he could have turned around and said, well, actually, I saw your, your granddaddy and your, grand, grand, your great, great, great granddaddy and your great, 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 great granddaddy. They all were stiff-necked. They all resisted the move of the Holy Spirit. Let it not be said over your family that when the Spirit of God moves over your family, he has to bypass you because you're a stiff-necked family. Let it not be said over this house, the dream center. I have to move. I have to go around the dream center because she can't, Move with me. She's a stiff neck body. You know, you've all had a stiff neck, yeah? You know how painful it is. And you can't move, you can't look to the left or to the right. True? And invariably put your hand over you and you're like that, you're supporting it. It restricts the movement. That's exactly how it was in the spirit. You can't see to the left. That's why God gave us prophetically the owls. So we can turn right round. Amen? You don't see an owl with a neck ache, do you? Why? Because it's not meant to be. It's meant to have the 360. And then in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, 
Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the times of testing in the desert. There comes a time, my friend, when we must come to the end of our rebellion. Hello, church. There's a time when we must come to the end of our struggles. There's a time when we must come to the end of our fighting. There's a time when we must come to the end of our ways. The prodigal son came to the end, his senses, but then eventually he came to the end of his ways. Coming to your senses and coming to the end of your ways are not the same. Hello? You may know and understand what you're doing is wrong, but coming to your end of your ways is completely different. And the prodigal son not only came to his senses, but he came to the end of his ways. And when he said that, he realized what was in his father's house was far greater than where he was living. There was a portion for him in the spirit, in the father's house, that he was not getting in society. So many people out there, I've realized, try to draw their portion from the world. And they cannot get it. But when you come over and you talk to them and you begin to make sense to them, they realize there's a better portion. And you bring them into your father's house. Bring them to the place where you fellowship with God. That way I'm talking about now. The same connection you have. Bring them to that. Jesus says, if you draw all men unto me, then I'll lift you up. Amen? But what we want to do is just draw them into a church. No, no, no. Draw them to the same source. And we wonder why we haven't got church growth. Because you're not plugging them in to the same source. We want people to have a church life, not a God life. And that's not good enough. A church life is not enough. Many people have a church life, but do they have a God life? We need people connected to the same source. That's the way, not that way. That way's first. That way won't get you into heaven. That way will. Amen? So he says, the spirit of the age has always been fighting against the truth. You only have to go. Men have fought all the way through history about the Holy Spirit. Some want it, some don't want it. Some want the word, some don't want the word. Some want to debate and debate and debate and debate. Others don't want to debate. Some just want to move to action. Some will say, well, we can't have that much. There's too much Holy Spirit in the church. There's not enough word. Have you, noticed, have you ever heard that? Too much Holy Spirit in this church, not enough word. Or, but no one ever says there's too much word, not enough Holy Ghost. Where the Holy Ghost is truly amongst the believers... There'll be the word. Why? Because the word and the spirit dwell together. Now, if you want playtime and jump in the swimming pool, that's not God. That's called experience. But some point, you've got to get the people off the floor, sit them down so you can teach them. Amen? There's a nice time when the people can be enjoying the presence of God. Wonderful. But at some time, you've got to say, right, now's the time for me to speak to you. So we can transfer what's in God into you. Amen? God starts the work on the ground and then completes the work as, he's, as teaching comes into you. Amen? Many mature, many people who have been on the floor and just enjoyed the presence of God and would not stick around for the word never grow up. Then they'll go from one church to another, to another, to another, to another, and you just become a thrill seeker. I remember pre praying for one guy and he's, he's flapping like a bird all over the place. And I looked him in the eyes and said, have you finished? He was surprised because everyone was doing it in the room. He said, I said, have you finished? He looked at me. I said, I've got something to say to you. I need you to stop. So he stopped. 
and I began to speak to them, he thought about it and went back flapping like a bird. I'm thinking, you still haven't heard. I wanted to slap him. Why? Because what was about to speak into him was important. It would have set him accurately aligned. It would have created an alignment between him and God. This guy was here just for the party. Just wait for the party. We want to encourage the move of God to go in whichever way it wants. But we must have balance. Now, I know when I hear that, I, in my mind I'm thinking, oh, what will they think if I say balance? Because I've heard that argument a thousand times, balance. What seems like out of control is balance. What seems balance can be imbalance. So, I haven't got time to camp on that one this morning. But I do know this. There is a move of God upon our house. But it's not everyone's entered in yet. I fully respect that. And, I, and I'm just trying to encourage you all not to harden your hearts. Not to resist the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Spirit move. Don't become stiff-necked. I don't care how old you are. This is not about age. You know, I've, I've, I've used some testimonies, and I'll, we'll listen to Paul's testimony in a second. It's not about young people. It's not about old people. Because the water level is in, in the children's church. It's in the youth. It's upstairs in the creche. It's here. The Holy Spirit is respect of no person. He'll touch anyone who's open. Any heart that's open. It's not about the old people. It's not about the young. Please. But if you hear testimonies coming from the young people, you think it's all about young people. It's not. It's open to anyone who wants the Holy Spirit. True? And you say, well, I've been in a Pentecostal church. Well, guess what? We're not Pentecostal. Because Pentecostal means the Spirit came and went. We're not Baptist. We're not Assemblers of God. We're not anyone. Because the moment you put a label on who you are, that means you stopped. We're not anything. We're just believers who are pursuing the Holy Ghost, pursuing God, His purpose and His kingdom. Mandate. Don't let anyone put a label on you. When, you, when people often said to me, Pastor, what church are we? Well, I say, we're evangelical, charismatic, apostolic, prophetic. And they go, what? We're part of the church of the redeemed. I'm almost saved. I'm fully saved. I'm all being saved. And you think, it's too many titles. Amen? It's too many. It's confusing. So I just say, we're pursuers of God. Pursuers of God. Lovers of God. We're dream livers. Amen? We're the dream center. We live with a dream in our hearts of the king to make the king known. Amen? So don't worry about, you know, where you've come from. It's where you're going is more important. Don't look where, that's why they call it the past. That's why it's behind you. You're not looking the back. So Paul, come and quickly share us what's in the Holy Ghost. Now remember, M said he's the talker. So there is a wind zip on this. Because I know when his boy gets going, the mic's gone. Come on. Come and share what the Holy Ghost has been doing. I know the Holy Ghost has been moving on this couple. Seriously, seriously. Or as J.D. always says, crazy. The Holy Ghost has been moving on him crazy. I know he's been sharing a bit, but it's so it thrills my heart to see God getting hold of people and just turning them upside down. It thrills my heart. I said to you last week, as Carol and I stood here, when uh, Pastor Pete and Karen were uh, praying for people, we just felt like the whole house was being blessed, went to a new level. We felt as parents church parents, that this was the greatest moment we'd seen to this point. It's not our greatest moment, it was to this point. And it was fantastic to see you getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Morning. Don't know what Em said, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever I did. <laughs> no, um, yeah, the, the hardest thing is trying to condense what, what God has done. Because the one thing I found is, 
is, you know, you, you experience many things in the week, but it's the things you realize day in, day out. Every day that, that, that after, after Pastor Pete and Karen went, I'm, 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 something new has been revealed. I realize something more in addition. So I'll try and stick to my guns and, and what I've got in mind. The, obviously, the first, the first Sunday morning, um, I was called out, the, the, me and Em were called out, and a word was spoke over me. Um, and I didn't feel anything, I just heard it. I just, you just heard it and you receive it. And we, we, we read that we um, got it all typed out and everything, so you start reading it. And the more it was in me, the more I just sensed there was something, there was something that I didn't fully understand it, but there was something in it. So then I came ready with that for the Wednesday. So we got to the Wednesday, and my heart was just open. The one thing that he, he, he said to me was, the sandbags have all coming off. And then you can see so you can just rise and rise and rise and rise. So I'm thinking, okay, I took that. I took a million other things with it, but that was just in my mind. So I get to the Wednesday, and I can only describe that the way the Holy Spirit touched me on the Wednesday was of a, a level I've never had before. I can't, the words won't describe what the Holy Spirit did to me. You know, I, I couldn't get off the floor. I mean, I've, I, I didn't feel, it's strange, I didn't feel anything going down. I thought it would be all like a nice tingling. And I've received, you know, I've felt the Holy Spirit, but not like that. I physically couldn't get up. It was funny almost. I couldn't get up. And it was the, and then it wasn't, when I did get up, even later on, you're falling down. You can't, your legs have never felt the weight of the Holy Spirit so much. But what I felt was the touch, a touch is a touch. But if I'd have gone home and then that had been it, it would have been pointless almost. But I felt a complete awakening in the spirit. Just, I understood, I understood the Holy Spirit like I've never understood him before. I, I felt I could hear him, I could sense him. And like my mind could, the capacity to see things just trebled. So things where I could see, I saw that one dimension there and I saw that one dimension there, but isolated. Suddenly you see how, you, you, you step back a little bit and everything becomes clear. And the thing is, with that helped me lead on to the Saturday when we had the um, men's breakfast, which was just amazing. Because what I've, what, what, as I've been trying to work out what's been going on, what's, what's going on, why, why have I been able to suddenly sense the Holy Spirit so strong? Because once I'd got off on that Wednesday, it never left me. I sensed it all the time. I'm literally like walking around and I can sense it. I start to think, I only have to say, Holy Spirit, bam, it's there. It was, I've never had that before. I'm thinking, this, is, this isn't going anywhere. And I'm like jumping up all the time. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, that same word, that's everywhere. And every, everything became clearer to a degree. And so now there's, while all this has been going on, um, I went through a very difficult time in my life of, uh, a few, quite a few years ago now, and myself and Em, we've we've worked and worked, and God has done an amazing thing through us. It really, really has. He's, he's, he's restored us. He's brought us to a, to a wonderful place. However, there were things that I've never been able to. You know, you God, God can forgive you of certain things, but you don't always forgive. They, they come back to you all the time, don't they? They come back to you. And what, I, what every time that I've, I've heard a word spoke over me, every time things have come onto me, I receive it, I believe it, yet there's still that thing in the back of your mind that says, yeah, but underneath all that, you're still really a bit of a scumbag, in other words. And it, it does limit you. 
it limits you. You don't always think about it, but it's there. And at the men's breakfast, I really, I just felt I was wrung out completely. I thought I was going to go into that morning, you know, it was about fathering, and I was really comfortable with that. But the technology, he gave in. At first, it was like, oh. And then it was just like, oh, you know, and all these things came back to me, and all the, the, the negative things came back to me. But because of what I'd experienced with the Holy Spirit and how suddenly I said I could see a panoramic view, there have been areas of, our, of, of mine in, in, our mar- in our marriage, we've just not been able to find the language to be able to get past. You know, we have a healthy marriage. You know, I, I love my marriage. I'm proud of my marriage. Um, however, there's, every marriage has weak areas. And for us, there were certain things that we just, we didn't know how to fix them or we didn't know how to have the language to explain what we wanted to do. But in those moments, on that Saturday morning, it wasn't like I got a little bit there and a little bit there and a little bit there. It all just went. And it's like the penny drop moment. And everything became clear. That's how you do that. That's how you fix that. That's how you do that. And it all just came in one thing. And I went home there and I saw my wife totally different. I saw myself totally different. But now on the Sunday morning, there were still these little things. And I even spoke to Pastor. I'm going to I'm gonna have to catch up with you because there's some things that I just... They just keep causing me harm. And, 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 and he said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll meet up after. Then the Sunday morning, I went, up for, we went, I went up for prayer. And I couldn't believe it. It was just Pastor Karen comes up and she's like really, really quiet. And she just spoke. And everything that was there, all the remnants of the things that I couldn't let go just went. That was it. Just bam, gone. But it wasn't, it was, this, was, this wasn't just... This wasn't just me going, I've got to lay it in. It was God, so I'm taking it off you. And that's it. And now, even if the thought tries to come in, immediately it's kicked out by the Holy Ghost. Immediately. And I got to the point where, you know, obviously, M's, all the, while all this was going through me, M obviously had her change. And I tell you, I cannot tell you what my marriage is like now. The, the synergy and the spirit that we've got. The one thing I, the one thing I feel is I've always loved my wife and she's always loved me. But the things, the things that were held back in her were completely released. And she was, felt like she was, she was shot out. And because I felt because of what was still remnants from the past, it kept me back. It was like I couldn't quite be released. But as soon as I felt the Holy Ghost and therefore the understanding was able to come to me, now I feel I've been released. And therefore because we've both been released, we have a brand new marriage. It's like I've fallen in love with my wife in the spirit. She's fallen in love with me in the spirit. And there's a whole depth of love that we've never had before. But all the things that were, were missing have now become complete. And we now really are complete with the Holy Ghost. It's amazing. So it's things like I'll be praying about something and I'll come home and the Spirit spoke to him the same thing. We pick things up the same. We hear things the same. We're seeing a, de- a greater level and depth in the Spirit the same. It's just, I can't, I can't ex- explain it to you. It's just words don't, words don't say it, even though I'm saying a lot of them. <laughs> um, but I just, my marriage has been totally. And now, now you see why you're brought together. Now you see how destiny is joined together. Now you say we are partners in destiny. And so, so what God has done for us now is we both feel whatever was of the past has now been completely, completely shared. And I, and I came before God uh, earlier in the week. And for the first time, and I understand me when I say this, I felt I had nothing to confess. I felt totally free. And because I felt totally free... Therefore, I was able, 
See, I've, I've always given God everything. Because I, was, I felt I'd got, I always say he brought me out of the pit of my despair, of, of, of my sin. I always felt I can't ask for anything because I have to give it to God. Because he brought me out of that thing and that's it. I can't ask for anything because I'm not worthy of anything. And I think the reason why I was able to receive the Spirit is because now it's all completely off me. I'm now able to receive because I feel worthy to receive. And because of that now, I just feel completely free. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I said, isn't that awesome? Young people confessing how God is changing the marriages around. You think it's only people who've been married 20 years or 20 odd years who have problems. But I tell you, a young generation like that who's just seen God do an amazing, amazing work. Oh, come on. Come on. It's just an awesome thing to see, young people like that. And these are just some of the testimonies that has happened since this move began to accelerate amongst us. We said to you, God has been moving. Said the heavens have been open. We've said this many, 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 many times. Some of you don't believe. I know you don't believe. So when you hear testimonies, you go, well, that was great for him. That's a stiff-necked person speaking. Don't say it to yourself. It's all right for him. Did you wear that better? His marriage is all right, but what about ours? Get some Holy Ghost in you. Find out how good your marriage can be. It's not an age thing. It's not an age thing. In fact, the Bible says in Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured upon been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Ghost just as we have. Can anyone keep you from being baptized? Only you. Can anyone keep you from receiving the Holy Ghost? Only you. Only you. So tonight, the Spirit will come on all of us. It will come on all of us. Just, just be willing to push in and say, Lord, whatever's in my heart, I want you to take it away, Holy Ghost. Just as you've been cleaning these hearts, continue to clean my heart. Can continue to clean my heart. You see, the, the most important thing is that you must develop an inner conscience of the Holy Ghost. You know what really, 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 really smacked me between the eyes? When Pastor Peter was talking, I'm, I'm talking and, and afterwards I'm thinking, I don't know the Holy Ghost like he knows the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. And I emailed him this week and I said to him, man, I've got a lot to learn from you. You walk with the Holy Ghost like I've not, I, I don't. And I don't say that ashamedly, but I say it ashamedly. Does that sound a contradiction? I have the Holy Ghost. But there's a measure they have in the Holy Spirit that I, I certainly don't have. And walking with him just... It helped me to see that we can talk about the Holy Ghost or we can talk about the one we know. And listening to them through just the way they speak is the having intimacy with the Holy Spirit that I have got to develop. And I, this week I, I've been checking some things in my own life and just reading some words over my life and I think I've got to go to a whole new level. Because can I be a little bit open with you this morning? I feel out my depth. Feel out of my depth. Why? Because there's a, there's a move of God breaking on us that we've never been this way before. 
Now let me just share something else that the Holy Spirit shared with me. No, I'm going I'm to leave it for tonight. Leave it for tonight. It's powerful what the Holy Spirit shared with me this week about the mantle of God. Ooh. But we must develop a healthy consciousness of the Holy Spirit. What I mean by that is develop, be aware how much you don't know him and pursue him. Be aware of how much you do know him and stay with him. Either way, be conscious. And I guess that's the word I would use right now because that's the word that's coming to me. Through the whole week, I've, been con- I've become conscious of how much I don't know him. You know, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You can have him, as you can have the three of them as just like three statues. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Or you can be your Father. You can be the Son. You can be the Holy Ghost. How distant do you want him to be? Yeah? Do you, want to, do you just want him to be Father, Son? You know, you, you've heard the, the church vicar say, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Like they don't know him. Or it can be, Father, the Son, oh, the Holy Ghost. How close, how intimate do you want to know him? Be conscious. That's the one thing that we will pray for tonight is the consciousness of the Holy Spirit in this house. That we're all consciously, collectively, corporately together. We, we become so conscious of him, of him, of either his absence or of his presence. Yes, that's going to be our watchword. Are we conscious of the Holy Ghost? Because where there is a consciousness of the Holy Ghost, there is a yielding. Yes, so many people come into church, worship, sing songs, but the Holy Spirit wasn't there. We had a good atmosphere, but not a God atmosphere. I want his presence. I want his presence. Church, do you want his presence? You know, it's a powerful thing. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians uh, 1 verse 12, Now this is our boast, he says. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you. In the holiness and sincerity that is from God, we have done so not according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. He says it's not our boast. This is our boast. Our conscience testifies it. That God has moved, you know, we've conducted ourselves right. You see, when we stand in his presence, we must, our conscience must testify, did we align ourselves right to what he was saying? Did we worship right this morning? Did you bring your sacrifice to him this morning? If your, test, if your conscience does not bear witness, then you need to stay until you get it right. I need to have a conscience of how I approach my father. See, this is the difference. People come to church, hands in the pocket, Generation has the hats on, baseball caps. Isn't it cool? Yeah, we're all smart this morning. Mancunianism. Hey, this is the house of God. We're not religious. We have a conscience. We have a a fear of God. We must align ourselves right. Now, it's not about what you wear and what you don't wear. It's about your heart. But we're not trying to be cool. Cool doesn't work in church. Read Revelation. Lukewarm spits you out. The Bible says the church is meant to be one, one type, hot. And we're looking for a cool church so everyone can come except the Holy Spirit. We must have a conscience. What does our conscience tell us? Amen? 
So Galatians 5, 25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking each other and envying each other. But let us stay in the Holy Ghost. You only stay in the Holy Ghost when you're conscious of it. Or conscious of Him. It's not an it, it's a Him. They're all, God is a person. Jesus is a person. The Holy Ghost is a person. They're not it. They're not something. Give them a name. Make them personal. You don't call your wife an it. She'll bang you around the head. If I say to Carol, uh, if I say to Carol, uh, Scott in the house, I'll say, I'm just a flip of the tongue. I'll say, yeah, she said that. She? She? Carol goes, the cat's mother's she. I'll give you a wallop in a minute. I'm called Carol. I have to use a name. That's my wife. Yeah, I didn't marry a she. They said, do you take Carol Higginson or do you take Carol Cumming to be your wife? Yes, he gave her a name. True? She's not a she or an it. The Holy Ghost is a person. We don't say, you out there up in the heavens somewhere, where are you? He's called Father. That dude who I'm going to cross, he's not a dude, he's called the Son of God. Amen? The last testimony, Jill. Come and give me your testimony, sweet. And when this, we're finishing, closing down, going home. Come on, Jill. Right. Um, really, the big moment for me was a fantastic week when Pastor Peter was here. But the, the real highlight for me was the Sunday morning. Uh, he'd started talking about relationships, as we all know. And um, I could feel my spirit staring. But I didn't know what it really was, uh, why I was feeling that way. When he called people to the front, I thought, right, I'm going to go forward. There's something going on. As soon as he touched me, I just burst into tears. Now, I, don't know what, I didn't know what it was. I, I felt fine before all that. But I just couldn't stop myself crying. Andrew was coming round, and uh, I just started sobbing, just crying my eyes out. I just couldn't stop sobbing. All this great emotion. Um, and Ange came up, took hold of me, sobbing on her shoulder. And she gave me a picture and she said, uh, I really see clearly that there's a, a line drawn in the sand and you're taking that step over. It's a fresh start, a new beginning. I went, went over, you know, went, went back to my seat. I was fine. Started crying again. And she came up, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, different tears, different tears. I could feel a real joy. There was no sadness, there was, there was no hurt. And since then, I felt a real cleansing, a real healing of my emotions. And as Paul said, the past is all gone. All those hurts that were there have just gone. There's nothing there, there's no hold on me now. I can just go, praise God, be with him. When people give testimony, obviously, they can't always tell you what they've gone through. Because some of it's private and uh, it doesn't need, because it involves others, they don't need to, you don't need to know that. You know, when the man says, once I was blind, he didn't tell you how he got blind. You know, um, later on it says, was this the result of, of his father's sin or blah, blah, blah. I said, neither, just go away and sin no more. You know, and sometimes we want to know the whole story before, before it's a testimony. No, it's not. You don't need to know the guts. I know these people have gone through hell to get where they are. So when you hear it in short, you know, text like that, you think, well, where was the story? All you need to know is they're out the woods. 
They've crossed over. They're in a better place than they were before. They're, it's not what happened to them on a Sunday morning. I'm just talking to you about what's happened on a Sunday morning. It's what's happened to them. It's not the event. It's the process. Don't ever get caught up in the event. Sunday morning comes, it goes. But the process continues. Going, what's the process? We're going from one degree to the next. What started on that Sunday morning had actually been started for the last seven years. And when Pastor Karen said, that, you know, she gave us that picture about the, uh, the balloon, you know, we already knew. For those of us who have been carrying the prophetic word, we knew exactly what that meant. We felt that ourselves. And, uh, you know, the, the, the prophecy of the tree tells us about the water, the canopy, the water building. And you know what? We still haven't, listened. we still have not yet seen it all come. All we've seen is, is the water trickling over, right? It's still not gone. It's going to go. It's going to go. And when it does, you'll go to the next level. It's called overflow. Right now, we're in, in, the, in the area of filling, cleansing, releasing. Then the overflow will come. Then you will see the move truly begin to hit the city when you are affected. Right now, filling, cleansing, repentance, all that is the, is the nature of where we're at right now. The overflow is the next move. So where we're at, we're not yet at the overflow. We're, we're just beginning to sense the water falling upon us, which is, again, we can line all the prophetic words up, and I could show you year upon year how the word has come to us and how we've stepped in to another dimension, stepped into another dimension. Church, if you become stiff-necked, our history will change again. If you don't become stiff-necked and you go fully with the Holy Ghost, your history will change again. Either way, it's going to change. You know, and there will be a separation. There always is a separation in, in the move of God. Those who want it, those who don't want it. Those who like it, those who love it. Those who loathe it, I should say. Those who love it. And you know, the nations will come. They are coming on their bus loads. Seriously. When this thing breaks out crazy, you watch it. You watch it. And some of you are on the back row. Well, if you're not here early, you will not, there will not be a back row. Why? Because we'll go to multiple services. Because the hunger of the people will surpass where there is no hunger. God is in this place. God is moving upon, upon you, his people. These testimonies, you've heard last week's testimonies. You've heard this week's testimonies. No doubt there'll be more testimonies. Even tonight there'll be testimonies. Even tonight the heavens will just break forth on us again. Tonight, come on time. Get ready, get your heart ready. Let the Holy Ghost go deep within your hearts. If you have to repent, repent. If you have to cry, cry. Don't worry about it. Just let him have his way. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, if we will, please. There's so much of what God wants to do. Oh, I'm so getting excited when some of you are going to change. You know, I see you come in on a Sunday and your shoulders are back. And you're not quite sure. There's going to come a time when you're going to start skipping. You know, Pastor, I came in this morning, something's different. No, it was always different. You just recognized it. It was always there before. I never saw it before. That's why. Once you were blind, now you can see. Amen? Let's raise our holy hands, if we will. Say, say with me, if you will, Holy Ghost, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your persistence. Thank you for your tenacity and your interest. And pursuit of me. Thank you that you love this house. That you love what you're doing in this house. So much not to pull back. Tonight, Holy Ghost, I want to align my life with you.
and let you be truly God in my life. Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, give me a conscience. Say my heart. Let me become aware of the absence of the Holy Spirit and this presence of the Holy Spirit. Teach me how to guard. Teach me how to guide. Teach me how to govern what you're doing in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you for those who have shared. And like I did say, I send an email out, and these are the people who responded. So if you didn't respond, say, where's my turn? Well, you didn't respond. And if you don't respond, you don't get up. Seriously, because I'm not just going to open the, open the microphone to anyone. I want to make sure it's a testimony. When you deliver your testimony, listen, don't stand there like this going, well, you know, it was a good night, and, and I felt uh, it was good. And uh, hey, if it's changing, let us know. Tell your face. Yeah? Say it with some passion. I want someone else out there to say, I want that. And if you're sat there with a microphone down there like this, I don't need the microphone. Yes, you need a microphone. Hold it. Tell them. Tell us what happened. But let us know when you finish. We'll tell you when you finished. Amen. Amen? Enjoy the rest of the day.